Welcome to the Conscious Craft Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Hannah. And we are two health coaches on a mission to create a happier world, one thought, one breath, and one bite at a time. We are kicking stress to the curb, and we're not going to take life so seriously. No, and we'd love for you to join, because we're all about community, and we want you to be a part of ours. So head over to the show notes and follow us on social media. We'd love to connect. personal trainer and transformation lifestyle coach, creator of the 5x2 method and the E7 kit, which is going to get you ready for your big event. We're excited to dive into both of those things, but we were talking before we're so aligned in our missions and helping people not only get to their healthiest state physically, but mentally as well. So Chris, we're super excited to have you on today. Okay, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. It's funny how you know, we're right in each other's backyards, and you know, I've been in the South Bay for 16 years, and thought I knew everybody that was related to the health and wellness industry, and uh, happened to come across your page on on Instagram. I'm glad I reached out because it's just you're right. There's a lot of synergy between what we're doing. So, uh, hats off to both of you for the mission and the passion behind your uh, the message and what you're putting out there. Thank you, thank you, and same right back at you. So let's dive a little bit into how you started. So you initially had a career as a model and actor. Um, how did that start? And then what made you transform into focusing more on health and wellness? Yeah, so to back up a little further than that, you know, my, my background was, uh, was athletic. I played hockey. Um, I was on skates since I was five years old. Uh, ended up going, playing, playing on Division One college hockey from there. Um, Going into my college career, I wasn't I, I wasn't a kid who was really spending a lot of time in the gym growing up. And so going into college, you're playing against bigger guys. You know, you go from playing against kids in high school to men in college. And so mm-hmm. my coach who really encouraged me to hit the weight room after my freshman year in college because I was going to be integral in terms of whether or not I was going to be playing the following year. So I took that very seriously and decided to hit the weight room for the first time and really start diving into nutrition. And, um, and supplementation as well. And so uh, that following, after that summer, I came back 30 pounds bigger. And that was the first time I had really hit the weights, eaten a lot of food, paid attention to my diet. Like I said, the supplementation piece. So that whole process just woke me up to the magic of, of manipulation and being able to transform your body through very simple tasks and details. Um, you know, I was self-educated in that world at the time. I mean, I was spending time reading endless magazines. Um, you know, I, I joke and say that I could have had a minor in chemistry uh, going <laughs> through college because I was pretty much doing all the research on my own and I was guinea pigging everything, you know, in, in the group of my friends that I was spending time with. And so, um, you know, towards my, uh, the end of my junior year in college, I had fallen in love so much with, with fitness and bodybuilding that I decided to walk away from hockey and got into my, getting into this competitive bodybuilding world. Um, from there, I was on and off for a few years in the bodybuilding world, but it, it spawned into a short little modeling uh, stint in New York, going back and forth to New York. Um, I was living, I was going to school in Connecticut from the East Coast, and so cool. New York was a quick hop. But um, that gave me my first taste into the the entertainment industry and, and and you know modeling and acting, and moved back to Boston after my college career. 
1999 and was working in a regular nine to five job, but was still kind of dabbling in the modeling and commercial work and then got an opportunity to come out to LA and um, decided to pack my bags in 2002 and move cross country and completely changed my trajectory and went full time into the, uh, the acting and modeling world. Um, more so acting than modeling, that was more of my interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so staying in shape and, and working my body was, and paying attention to nutrition had a different purpose because now I was doing it more for, you know, trying to get roles in the industry and, and uh, sometimes it was just trying to stay in shape, trying to get a role from, from you know, staying in shape yeah. and looking the part and then the other times it was I'd already have the part and you have to stay in great shape for that. So, um, but nonetheless, the stakes were always high so it always kept me engaged. Um, at the time, I was working different odd jobs, bartending, waiting tables. I was doing some personal training on the side as well. And so 12 years of an up-and-down career in the entertainment industry. And, uh, and, and towards the end of that 12-year run, really started to see a, an increase in my, my training business. Um, but I had something different about what I was doing. <clears throat> I was spending a lot of time building programs that incorporated more of the mind work and not so much the body work. I mean, Love that. The, training, the training was important, but I felt like getting inside and, and really teaching and educating people on lifestyle design and, and teaching them about stress management and time management and helping them to do a true audit of their lifestyle based on what they're saying they want are the things that they're doing lining up to help them get to that goal. Because oftentimes, it wasn't very much in line, so no wonder you're not reaching your goals. Right. So let's help clean a few things up here, right? We're gonna make a few additions, we're gonna subtract a few things out, we're gonna make a few substitutions, and voila, now we're throwing a training program, we're gonna throw in a nutrition program on top of that, you put all that together and the magic starts to happen, right? But really, there's not a whole lot of change in terms of like what you have to put out to do it, it's just being more mindful, more intentional and more clear on where, what you're doing and what your goals are. And so that became the, the foundation of my business. And I built that literally out of my backyard in Manhattan Beach at the time I was living in a 250 square foot apartment on Manhattan Avenue wow. across the ocean. And when I say 250, I'm not kidding you. I mean, friends joked and called this, this place the boat because it was kind of like <laughs> inside of a sailboat on a cliff somewhere in Redondo, you know? Um, but it was my spot, and I loved it. And in the backyard, we have of the, of the house that I lived in. There was about 100 square feet of space that I took out a $1,500 loan from a buddy of mine, and went and bought a bunch of wood and uh, and raw material over at Home Depot, and built this outdoor structure that I called the cage. Cool. And, uh, and so, so from there, it became the training ground of where I work with people. So I do. We do the coaching stuff inside my apartment, and we do. The outdoor training, you know, out, out back in the cage, whether it was 5 a.m. and it was dark out or whether it was 7 p.m. and it was dark out. Wow. People just loved the grit and the idea and the concept of just doing whatever it takes and then really spending and, and blending that time with the mind, the, the lifestyle coaching, the mind work as well, you know. Um, and so cool. from there, you know, business really started to take off uh, one by one. I, I built the business very organically. Um, back in 2000, the end of 2016, going into 17, I was approached by a high-stake poker player um, that he had just placed a bet with one of his, you know, arch enemies in the poker world <laughs> for uh, that he couldn't get from. He was currently sitting at 33% body fat, and this guy bet him that he couldn't get below 10% body fat. 
And so a friend of I was training one of his friends already for a few years. Uh-huh. And so he hit this guy up to get in touch with me because he needed to hire a trainer to help him accomplish this goal and win this bet. Right. The bet was for $1.2 million. Wow. And it, <laughs> and it, was, backed, it was backed by Dan Bilderian. I'm not sure if you know who he is, but you know, big social media guy, influencer. And a couple other guys in the poker world, and so immediately this thing got exposure. And within six, within six months, I got him to eight point eight percent body fat, and we won the bet. Great! We, we got an article in the New York Post. We ended up doing a little segment on Good Morning America. Before you know it, this thing was released all over the world. So um, that really kind of put me on the map. I would say, yeah, it gave me gave me a bigger platform to kind of give give people an idea of you know. Okay, this this is this program's legit. Like this is you know there's something out there that that's that's doing something different. And so um, from there, that's really where my my remote training business started to expand. You know, globally out to Asia, Europe, clients all over the U.S. Um, and currently today, 50% of my clientele I train locally here in, in South Bay and Southern California. And the other 50% of my clientele is are, are remote clients that I work with to help build programs and teach people lifestyle design. And, mm-hmm. and so the business has continued to evolve as the industry evolves, as science has evolved, as you know, things are just evolving so fast. It's such a vertical market, as you both know, For sure. that you know, we as practitioners have to continue to keep educating and learning as well so that we can keep evolving our clients and, and sharing with them all this new information that's always coming to light. So that's currently where we stand right now. Nice, nice. I think the lifestyle component and particularly the mental part of personal training is a piece that most personal trainers completely miss out on. I think that you're starting to see people are catching up now, realizing that lifestyle is how you're going to make changes. Was there a common thread with your clients that you noticed with challenges with lifestyle changes that caused them blocks in reaching their goals? Well, I think the, the common thread is everybody was coming in saying, like, I don't get it. Like, I'm working out seven days a week. Like, I'm not really eating that much. You know, they were, everybody was kind of doing the, the reverse of what my approach was, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and what I really attribute that to is that, and, and I get it because most people's minds are, you got to keep doing more. Like, more is not working. I'm not doing enough. I got to do more. And really, it's, it has to it has to be in my opinion and, and based on the way I design my programs, it's much more specific and targeted. And the reason why I design programs like that is because I'm playing with people's central nervous systems and managing cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. And, and the reality is that most people are already overly stressed with work, with relationship, with kids, with you know business travel and leisurely travel and trying to keep up socially and. There's just so much going on in our lives that when you try to jam in workouts and this program that you're trying to do on top of that, it's like there's no, there's no order. It's all chaos. And so people are just coming in just completely blown out. Their central nervous system is all over the place. They're stressed to the gills. Cortisol levels through the roof. And then in addition to that, they think that eating less is the way to go because you don't want to overeat. So they're shutting down their metabolism by not consuming enough calories to keep their body burning. And so before you know it, they're just all over the place trying to throw everything against the wall and nothing's working, right? So when people were coming into my program, I'm like, let's let's slow down for one second. Let me break this down step by step. I'm going to take a look at your life, and we're going to build and design a program that integrates into 
to the priorities that you already have set in your lifestyle, right? Because I feel like most people get so caught up in thinking it's got to be either one or the other. It's either I'm all in on this 90-day program and I got to let my job kind of fall off a little bit and the family time fall off and like being social and going out and enjoying my – all that's got to go get put on pause while I just focus 100% on this program. My, my solution is – that's not the way we're going to approach this. We're going to, I'm going to teach you how to weave this in and learn how to make better choices along the way with your existing lifestyle, right? Yeah. Teaching you what types of foods you should eat, when you should eat them, why you're eating them, and mm-hmm. what quantities you're eating, right? Teaching, taking a look at your, your sleeping patterns. What time are you going to sleep? Are you doing things to set yourself up intentionally for good sleep, right? A lot of people will tell you that they have their horrible sleepers. They can't sleep for crap, right? But at the end of the day, most people don't take sleep very seriously. They just assume I'm horrible at sleep. I have horrible sleep. So I always true. have. I don't know what to do. Yeah, so right? true. Right? Mm-hmm. But just like a workout, you know, and you set yourself up, you take your branch chain amino acids, and you know, you got your protein afterwards for your post <laughs> It's like you're doing all these things to set yourself up in all these different areas. The same thing has to happen for sleep. So. You know, by building in these other these routines and and curating all this information to really just simplify it for my for the clients, so that it doesn't feel like all this information that they've been seeing on social media or my friend told me this or I read this in a magazine, but they don't know how to apply it all, right? Mm-hmm. I take all the guesswork out. I slow everything down. We take a few steps back and we work a lot smarter versus just harder. Mm-hmm. And and so. That, that was really the common thread is that people come in just completely blown out and just defeated. Like, uh, I, I, don't, I just don't know what to do, mm-hmm. right? So by bringing that level of trust and bringing that level of, of uh, curated information and, and really putting it all together and, and kind of being the brains for them, right? I do all for the sure. thinking for you. I take the guesswork. You don't have to guess at all. This is, the guesswork has already been done. The framework has already been set. All you have to do is just plug this into your life, customized for your day, which is going to be different than somebody else's, right? And just and just implement and go through the steps, and then just trust the process. So that's really been the common thread, I think, for for most people that I come across. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and I I love what you said about slowing down. I think that's extremely important because. We're living in a world right now where the hustle is celebrated. You know, the harder you work, the faster you work, the more you hustle. That's something that's celebrated and pushed on a lot of people in in this society. So the fact that you actually teach people, hey, you actually need to slow down, work smarter, not harder, to be more productive. It's super, super powerful. So you also were talking about stress and how stress relates to all of this and how you focus on helping people reduce their cortisol levels. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you find with your clients is like some of their biggest sources of stress and by going through these different simple steps and slowing down, have you found that not only are they getting more fit, not only are their brains getting stronger, but they're reducing their stress a lot as well? Yeah, so there's two different pathways that I use um, to help manage stress for my clients. One is through intentional organization and, and, and daily design, right? How are you setting up your day? Most people get stressed out because they don't, they're not organized mm-hmm. with their day. They don't have a structure to their day or their schedule or their life. 
So they're constantly like trying to figure it out on the fly. So what I like to do is really go through and teach organizational skills and, and daily systems and then and then also help build their confidence to be able to adjust you know where necessary and so you know teaching people the 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 art of mastering adjusting mm -hmm. to me is a huge huge asset like one of the biggest assets because that's where most people get overly stressed and get completely derailed from anything whether it's work whether it's their fitness goals whether it's you know a conversation or a debate or an argument whatever people just don't know how to adapt and adjust properly mm -hmm. but when you have when you learn a certain skill set or when you have a certain framework and a structure set up it, it gives you the confidence to be able to stay composed when something goes sideways you can you're able to to stay calm and make better choices and just slightly pivot and make a better decision and a good example of that would be somebody who's got a workout set up for 4 p.m. every single day that's their schedule they're sitting in their office and boss comes in and says hey we got an emergency meeting you got to take it four o'clock and in that moment if the person doesn't have that skill set they're gonna freak out get pissed off mad at their boss mad at their job I'm missing my workout and all of a sudden those cortisol levels are going up 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 yeah now you're gonna go into this you're gonna skip your workout but you're going into the meeting pissed, enraged, not focused on the meeting. Mm -mm. And so you're getting, you're killing everything that's going on. For the meeting's gonna go sideways for you, at least in your own mind and for you. Your cortisol levels are going through the roof and you're missing your workout. It's a lose, lose, lose all across the board, right? As opposed to same scenario, same situation, different response reaction because you've got a different skill set. Boss comes in, hey, we got a meeting at four sucks but okay cool let's make the adjustment today i was supposed to work out sunday's my day off you know what i'll just make sunday i'll move this workout to sunday this becomes my day off great let's go kill this meeting right now yeah it's completely diffused in terms of raising cortisol now you can go in and focus on your meeting today becomes a day off for you maybe instead of the workout you focus on your meeting and then you go home and you either take a epsom salt bath or you foam roll for an hour stretching on your floor while you're watching your favorite reality show right you know it's like now now we're in a space where everything's cool yeah i haven't i haven't affected my hormone balance at all mm -hmm. right so so teaching people that skill set the the how to master the art of adjustment is is one pathway yeah and and also too you, you know i'm just piggyback on that things like epsom salt baths and i have certain routines that i incorporate on a regular basis that that work to that are things that you don't even have to do necessarily to decompress. These things are doing it for you, right? Mm -hmm. All you gotta do is turn the water on hot and light a couple candles, turn on <laughs> some music, get in the bathtub. The bath is doing all the work for you, mm -hmm. right? The Epsom salt is doing the magic. So, um, so things like that, in, in addition to you know mastering the art of adjustment. But the other piece is also incorporating certain supplements that help to uh, manage systemic cortisol levels, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people don't. Supplements have such a negative connotation because people think it's just taking pills. You're just taking pills, right? But there's certain things out there that really do add maximum value if you're applying them properly. And one of the supplements that I incorporate is is uh, a cortisol manager supplement um, to help reduce and manage those systemic levels of cortisol. So um, 
they do have a positive impact and I've seen great results uh, for many, many years with myself and for the clients I work with. So those are the two different pathways that I really, um, I, I, I incorporate. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, going back to your point of being able to have to adapt is really a learned skill, being able to go with the flow. People think that, you know, some people are just more naturally that way and I'll never be like that, you know, the type A type of personality, but it's a learned skill. Absolutely. And, you know, something that you teach and have created is the five by two method. Exactly. Do you want to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was going to get into that too, but the five by two is, is one of the ways that I first for myself started to develop a system for learning how to adapt and adjust and stay calm. And, you know, quite frankly, a lot of it came from when I was in my acting uh, times, right? That was, that was an industry where I was hearing no 90% of the time. Yeah. Maybe more than that, maybe 99% of the time. I mean, it was, you don't get a lot of yeses when you're, when you're in and out of the, when you're in and out of the audition room. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, even actors who are wildly successful, I mean, they will tell you they hear more no's than yes on a regular basis. It's just part of it, right? Mm-hmm. So developing that thick skin and learning how to manage those feelings and emotions through that, those no's is, is a really important skill set to have. And so, um, I really look back and think that that was kind of a training ground for me for where I'm at right now. You know, I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know that this is where I was going to be, you know, later on in life. And I was going to be using that skill set eventually to help teach and coach and support other people in their lives. But, you know, I, at the time, because I didn't have a lot of money and I was struggling as an actor and just odd jobs here and there, I had to find simple ways to manage my negative feelings and emotions and the stress that I would feel for not having enough money or not knowing where the next job was going to come from. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I started I started getting into just little habits and routines of just going down to the beach and just putting my, fi- my feet in the sand, mm-hmm. you know, um, or going to Starbucks and getting a coffee or my, you know, just the, or certain music that I would listen to in my car. And before I know it, I was, I was picking up on these, these patterns. And where it really came to light for me was I was writing um, the five minute journal. I'm not sure if either one of you are familiar with it, but there's, it's a, it's a journal that you write in. It's got the same sequence every single day. And the last question they ask you at the end of the day is what could have made today better? And so I noticed after a month or so looking back that I, I kept writing the same thing at the end of that, that question, I kept writing nothing today was, was perfect. Today was great. You know I mean? And I didn't mean it in the sense that like my life is perfect. I just meant it in the sense that like, I, I don't, today was a great day. I don't yeah. know. Like there's nothing. I mean, if I want to, I, I kind of joke and say like, yeah, if I won, if I won the lottery, that would have made it better. But <laughs> I always try to keep it like realistic in the sense right. of like, you know what? Like I'm healthy. You know, I was able to go to Starbucks today. I got a coffee. I was at the beach this afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people who are stuck in an office. Like I've got all four limbs. I got hair on my head. I can see, <clears throat> I can smell, I can hear. I mean, I was getting this space where it was like, I was driving down the coast listening to music. I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah, like, yeah. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I got my buddies back in Boston that are bitching about the snow, and I'm like chilling with my window down, staring <laughs> at the distance, you know, listening to some reggae. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. this is like, there, there's, something, there's something going on. And right. so I really started to, to, to hone in on that even more, that, you know, today was great, today was great pattern. I'm like, what am I doing on a regular basis? And then it kind of dawned on me. I'm like, 
there's these things that I do that are very intentional that are tapping into these senses of mine. Like it's things that I smell, it's things that I hear, it's things that I see, it's things that I touch. It's like these things, like my touch, you know, to give you an example, like my five by two routine in the morning is I wake up and I put my slippers on. Mm-hmm. Like the touch of my slippers on my feet, there's just something to it. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. literally wakes like lights me up in the morning first thing and I walk downstairs and I grind my coffee and I smell the beans before I put them in the machine, which before I was used to just grind them, just throw them in, I'm in a rush. But just taking an extra two or three seconds to like inhale the aromas and really breathe that in, like coffee just shifts anybody's mood. Even if you don't like coffee, just the smell of coffee will like turn anybody up, you know? Um, I had certain podcasts that I listened to every single morning, different different, different people to get me motivated. there, then I'm, I'm, there's a, uh, I, I subscribe to the Daily Ohm, which is uh, you know the positive affirmations. I'm reading those every morning. I'm, that's my site, you know. And then I'm drinking my coffee, you know. So there, I'm hitting my five by two, my five senses, all things that create positive feedback loops for me within the first 20 minutes of waking up in my day, mm-hmm. and that sets me off on a positive trajectory. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that night when I would come home, I jump back into my slippers, I light a stick of nonchalant like incense. I keep the lights real low, so I've got that ambient, you know, hue and glow for my for vision. Um, I'm going back to like playing ambient music or at Kibri Corporation, and it's just nice. Like to mm-hmm. me, all of these five senses again. I'm drinking my chamomile tea at night, so here I am tapping into my five senses again as a way to set me up for a positive feedback loop subconsciously while I'm sleeping. For sure. Right. So people forget that our minds are still working when we sleep. So, oh, yeah. you know, I always, mm-hmm. I always kind of joke, like, you know, my fiance and I, we love watching Dateline, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch Dateline right before I go to sleep. Yeah, so totally. The last thing in my head, <laughs> who knows if my mind's going to come up while I'm sleeping, right? Right. So being very intentional about the things that you do at the start of your day and at the end of your day, which is the five senses twice a day, what I consider to be the two most crucial points of your day tend to create this positive feedback loop that just keeps churning and building energy day after day, week after week, month after month, by being more mindful, by being more present, by being more in the moment and appreciating the the small things in our lives that no matter how stressful, how crazy life can get, I can have a a horrible day at work, but get in my car and put on some music that shifts me right away, Mm -hmm. right? I, I mean, I, I have a, a bottle of uh, essential oil, lavender oil, and eucalyptus oil that I keep with me all the time in my backpack. You know, mm-hmm. I'll have a client who comes in, it's kind of a nightmare every now and then, and I'll get the oil and put it under my nose and just be like, huh, I'm, I'm back. You know? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> so it's just, so the, so the book really talks about the technique itself and how I developed it. Um, I use a lot of scientific research to back it and support it because there's tons of research to prove that these uh, my technique is there's actually science behind it mm-hmm. that, that actually supports it. And then in the back of the book, there's 10 pages of workbook that gives you an opportunity and shows you how to start working on developing your own five by two because everybody's is different. Mm-hmm. And the best, the, kind of the best part of it is that the five by two is so unique to each individual. And all of these things are typically, you know, household items or they're free. I mean, looking at the sunset can be your, your your five by two, your sight five by two. Yeah. You know, listening to a wind chime or certain birds you have that hang outside your apartment or your house. You know, I mean, these are things that like you don't have to pay for that are literally at our disposal 
So, so the, the workbook at the end teaches you how to build different five by twos and then play around with different structures and designs to see what works for you. And the goal is to intentionally build these things and design them and play with them and, and test them out. And then find what kind of naturally weaves into your day and your life to where like, I don't think so much intentionally anymore about getting up and doing these things the way I do it. It just happens. But when I'm in the moment, I'm reminded of when I'm doing them. Right. So right. The impact that it's having for me. Mm-hmm. Well, what's really great about this method is you've created a tangible mindfulness practice. And for so many people, you think, oh, mindfulness, what is that? But you've developed a very specific, tangible practice for people to follow that is extremely simple, and they can adapt to their own lifestyle. And it's really powerful, too, because as you were saying, it's individual to each person. So, you know, it's not, you're not telling people, oh, you need to smell your coffee grinds every single morning. You're telling people, hey, develop the practice that works the best for you because we're all individual and we all get affected by different things. Uh, it could be your cinnamon bun that you like. Exactly. Smell. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, cinnamon bun. Yeah, yeah. wait Ooh. a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a funny meme I, I heard recently that said, some, it, it made a joke something about smell and saying, like, smell's not that important. They're like, are you kidding me? Have you ever walked past a cinnamon in the mall? <laughs> too because we are utilizing most of us are utilizing all five senses continuously throughout the day um, and it's something that we forget about and we don't think about and not very conscious of so by becoming conscious of it we are creating this mindfulness practice Um, we don't do what we don't become aware of it often until we lose it right right? absolutely and that that is is also a, a key foundation that I build into my program is that I'm trying to be as proactive as possible. I'm trying to get people into a more proactive state mm-hmm. in thinking about be grateful for what you have now because you may not have it and you'll be grateful that you had it when it's gone. And I don't want, I, I, under, I know and feel what regret is like. Um, not, not to say necessarily that I know more than anybody else or, or know what loss feels like, but for some reason, those, those feelings and emotions sit really strongly with me. And so that is kind of the, um, the, uh, the nucleus for inspiring me to want to try to be as proactive as I can with everything that I do, right? So, for example, I mean, someone who loses their hearing, you know, from an accident, you know, you wouldn't probably would, would not recognize, you know, how, how grateful you were to have your hearing at the time unless you you lost it, you know, mm-hmm. so getting people into that state of mind, you know, thinking about like, man, I'm really lucky that I can, I can hear the sirens right now, mm-hmm. even though like sirens annoy me. I mean, right. listening to it literally right now, I'm like, just reminds me that I can hear, right. you know, pretty fortunate or like you get a cold and all of a sudden you can't smell and your friends have a, 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 a pizza party and you're like, oh man, I can't smell the pizza. I wish yeah. you could taste it. Like yeah. Yeah. you don't realize how important smell is until you lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, definitely. Um, but with, you know, the, the, my health and wellness programs, even, you know, it's like I'm always trying to get people to think about high level stakes, right? Don't wait till you're sitting in a doctor's office and there's that 15 seconds of silence where the doctor's trying to figure out how to break the news to you that either it's too late or like you've got, you know, days to start doing something mm-hmm. because it's not looking good. And, you know, 
because then people will do something. You know, it's like you don't want to be in that state. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to be in that state. You know, and oftentimes it's just human nature because we're not close to those feelings and emotions. It's easy to forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I really try to push people and encourage people to create high, high level stakes, not just vanity, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we all we all have a level of vanity, and I think that's important. It's just normal and natural, right? But getting into great shape and being shredded and ripped and looking all hot and sexy, whatever, it's just, it's not a high enough stake because if that was the case, everybody would be ripped and shredded and 8% body fat. And, you know, that's just not the case. It's not strong enough. It's not a strong enough hook, mm-hmm. right? Telling people that they're not going to be around to watch their kids go through college and sports and get married, you know, that might get somebody motivated. You know, if you can create that, that true like vision of like mm-hmm. what that might look like, you know? Then somebody might be more prone to pay attention to the food they're putting in the body, right? Exercising regularly and like managing stress a little bit more and like putting down the cigarettes, you know, or just you know, so that that that's really my my whole mission with all of my programs is to, is working from that proactive state of mind. Definitely. And you know, in many cases, people get into health and wellness for vanity reasons, but if they only knew if they took care of this other piece with the gratitude and the stress management, it'll 100%. show up <laughs> physically. You're going to look yeah, better. Yeah, talk about that. I mean, the, the physical results happen by proxy. They really do. And for that's sure. why, you know, say, I say it humbly, but that's why I've had so much success with the clients I've worked with because, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, people are coming in just pounding and grinding and throwing everything at it. They're not they're not getting the results they want. They're not looking good. They look beat down and tired, you know. And so teaching them how to slow down a little bit and pay more attention to listening to their body and rest and recovery in addition to, you know, training and nutrition. Definitely. They're finding they're working out less, they're eating more, they're getting better results and they just feel better. They've got more energy. They've got more self-love. They've mm-hmm. got more self-esteem. They can because they can spread themselves. They have more energy to reallocate towards spreading out to other things that bring them joy, other than just grinding into a, a program just to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, super, super, super powerful. Very powerful. Yeah. And I think you know it's going to really hit home for a lot of people that there is this alternative way to get the desired results that you want without the methods that we've been taught for so long. You know, being able to slow down, I think, you know, that alone, telling people, hey, we have this method that you get to slow down and still get that desired result. And by by the way, I mean, if we're being honest, everybody wants to do less and gain more. For sure, 100%. They want to do the least and get the most. Exactly, exactly, that's a human If you can do that, I mean, we're, you know, we're in the right space, you're in the right program. Definitely. 100%. Well, you have filled us up with such great, amazing info during this podcast. Um, If somebody is looking for you, interested in your programs, interested in your book, where can they find you? So you can check out the website. It's www.pmdlife.com. That's P as in Peter, M as in Mary, D as in boy, life.com. We've got a load of information up on the website. Talks about my program, my client testimonials. There's also some links to the book, um, which you can also get on Amazon if you do like to go there. Um, and then we load up lots of free content on our social media platforms, which is Chris Bedecchio, both at Instagram and Facebook. 
Um, so we're giving away tips and techniques and different hats and lifestyle hats and training hats and, and nutrition hats all, all the time. Um, so head on over to either one of those platforms as well. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm very accessible. I love to just share information and content, you know, people feel free to DM me, mm-hmm. send me an email, you know, get a hold of me. I'm happy to, to, uh, to provide whatever type of value I can back to people. So. Well, thank you so much, Chris. We were very fortunate to come across you through Instagram, and we're super happy to connect with you. I'm and not hopefully, glad I reached out. Yeah, hopefully we can collaborate on some events. And no, hopefully we will. Yeah, yeah there we it, go. It's <laughs> happening. You haven't seen the last of me. Yeah. Well, we, you know, honestly, Chris, we could keep this conversation going for so long. We we'll have to have you on the podcast again. For sure, for sure. So just as a as a leaving note for the audience, what's one big takeaway that you'd want to leave everybody with as we close? You know, I think I think people think about the stuff that we're talking about right now often. Mm-hmm. And I think that they you know, they everybody wants to be healthier. They think about things that they could do um, to be a little bit better and more mindful about their health and wellness. The problem is that they don't take any action towards it. Mm-hmm. It just it just stays in the thought process. So yeah. one thing that, and I, I try to hold myself accountable, and I'll give you an example. Today was a good day for me because I'm a horrible jump roper, okay? <laughs> horrible. So one of the things that I'm like, how can I not jump rope? It's unbelievable to me. It's like I got two left feet. But um, I, I said to my fiance today, I said, we're going to Dick's Sporting Goods. She's like, why? I'm like, I want to get a jump rope. She's like, you hate jump rope. I'm like, I know. I hate it because I can't do it. And it's frustrating. I said, but I'm done. Like, this year is all about getting it done. Uh-huh. Like, I'm just taking steps. So I had the thought. I didn't think about, like, man, and, and walk myself through the steps of, man, like, I'm not good at jump roping. I'll probably buy the jump rope. I won't use it or try it a couple times. Again. I just said, you know what? I'm going to buy. I want to go to the store, get the jump rope, and learn how to jump rope. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And literally got in the car. We drove down there, picked up the jump rope, came back, and did 30 minutes of intervals with the jump rope. And I'm not kidding you. By the end of it, I was like, she's looking at me going, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I actually could hit the jump rope pretty well. Yeah. Nice. So, so, you know, my whole thing is, and, and, is get out of the thought process and get into action. If you're thinking about it, stop thinking and just do it. Just get start, start taking some steps towards it. You'll probably be surprised. You'll most likely be happy you did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one step in the right direction, and you build momentum off of that. But getting out of that thought process mode, thought process mode, and just and and thinking about or wishing you had, you know, just get moving. You know, 2019, move. Ooh. Yes, absolutely. Well, we are so grateful. That was beautiful. Thank you so much, Chris. We really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yes, we'll have to talk again real soon. Absolutely.